It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to have you out there listening. I'm Chloe, the host of the show. And before we get into today's interview, I've got some interesting stuff to share with you. Interesting stuff. In this section of the show, I bring you anything particularly interesting that I've found out about recently in our world of e-commerce. This week, I've got an absolute corker for you. So last year, one of the best e-commerce events I went to all year long was Meet Magento UK. You can grab my takeaways about that in episode 226. So Meet Magento UK 2020, I was quite excited to attend and it's happening on the 17th of June. Now, because of you know what, the organisers have decided to make it an online event. That means three great things for all of you. It means you can attend from wherever you are in the world without having to travel to London. It means they're going to pack in more excellent speakers, so you're going to get a lot more out of the day. And it means that the ticket prices have plummeted and you can even attend for free. Plus, 100% of the income from the event goes to charity. That's not just the profit from the event, but the income. Every penny the sponsors pay goes to charity. Every penny you pay for a ticket goes to charity. I don't think I've ever seen an e-commerce event, a digital marketing event ever do that, ever. It's uh, it's quite phenomenal. I'm I'm very impressed that they've decided to do it. I did say you could attend for free because the ticket price is set as pay what you can and they're recommending £20. So you can choose to donate to charity or you can choose to attend for free for whatever works for you. However much you want to pay for your ticket, I suggest you grab it now because space is still limited. Even though it's an online event, they are limiting the number of tickets that they're selling. You can find um, details of how to register for Meet Magento UK and all the other interesting stuff I share in this podcast by heading to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash stuff. In today's episode, we're talking analytics, how to approach them, the big numbers you need to think about. And we're also going to get some tools and tactics that will help save you time and help you make your business and your marketing more effective. Before we get into all that, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform used by more than 30,000 e-commerce brands globally. In uncertain times, supporting your community and fostering relationships by being open and empathic is a strategy that will be appreciated and remembered far beyond today. One of the best channels to deliver these communications through is, and always will be, email. Email marketing is one of Klaviyo's foundational offerings, and when you leverage personalization driven by customer insight, you will create memorable marketing moments that cultivate lifelong relationships. Klaviyo truly understands how challenging it is for each and every business right now. Klaviyo is here to help brands communicate, engage, and foster relationships now and when all of this is just a distant memory. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. 
With SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. That includes being able to schedule package pickups and track shipments from departure to arrival. Go to pb.com forward slash master plan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Judah Phillips is a global leader in the field of analytics and data science and the author of Amazon bestseller, E-commerce Analytics, Analyze and Improve the Impact of Your Digital Strategy. Hello, Judah. Hello, Chloe. How are you? I'm good. And I'm, as the, as the audience know, I'm a, I do love a bit of e-commerce analytics chat. So I've been very much looking forward to chatting with you about all of this. But before we get deep into, into the data, what got you involved in e-commerce in the first place? It's a great question. You know, uh, I grew up uh, exposed to offline retail, you know, pre-internet days. So I always had that in my blood, if you will. Uh, and then um. Um, over the generation where I saw the internet come of age and, you know, as an entrepreneur, I've been able to participate um, in e-commerce in a lot of different ways. So uh, since, you know, the dawn of being able to create stores and measure things, uh, I've tried to learn as much as possible. So it's been, you know, a pursuit of, uh, you know, both business and passion for me for a long time. And I've worked with a ton of different e-commerce companies over time, which led to the production of the book. Mm-hmm. I often find that um, people who, who haven't necessarily started their, their life in e-commerce, but who, who like the stats, when they get into e-commerce, they get so much more excited about the stats because we have that, that marvelous number at the end of the path, which is money. You know, there's... It's not just a lead that we're getting data on as a result. We're getting pounds, dollars, euros, whatever it may be, as well as the fact an order's been placed. Is that is that something which has, has led you in your lifetime of studying data and, and data science and analytics to want to focus more on e-commerce? Or do you find that they're not, not quite so interesting uh, conversions equally? And I'm waiting the question here horrendously. Uh, <laughs> Do you find that 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 adds a bit more to the to the analytics when you're looking at e-commerce rather than a different business model? Certainly, but you know, I think you you brought up initially the ability to tie you know behavior and and experiences back to revenue, right? And from an analytics perspective, you know, if you're working on a for in a for-profit entity, uh, that's key, right? That gets people to listen to you and you know, that's ultimately what pays the bills and pays people and, you know, keeps the business afloat. So, you know, my background, graduate degrees in business and finance. So, you know, I get essentially a capitalist at heart. Uh, and, you know, the whole idea of um, being able to transact, you know, virtually from your home or, you know, wherever you are these days uh, was always very appealing. 
I know exactly what you mean. It is that it's such a fascinating area. Let's let's take a let's take a jump into some of the content in the book, though, because I know we've kind of got. I, I would take a rough guess that the the listeners split into two groups: those who are data junkies who want every last bit, and we will go into some of the more complex stuff shortly. But we've also got those who who grudgingly look at their analyst their Google Analytics account maybe once a month and mainly look at it and go. I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking at here and then run scared from the avalanche of data you can get in there. So let's start with the with the kind of like the, the smaller guys. What is what are the core numbers we should be focusing on in e-commerce? You know, can we drill it down to like a core five or six, or do we have to be able to embrace that wider field? It's a good question. So, you know, just taking a step back and just to get tell you a little bit about the book real quickly. Cool. And to answer that question, uh, it's it's kind of a both a happy and a sad situation, right? When you don't self-publish and you work with larger publishers, you know you're at the whim of decisions that are made outside of your control. So the book that I wrote and that got published was essentially a student's guide that was meant to you know skill up mid-level managers and executives and even beginners on the concepts around doing e-commerce analytics, right? And it gets deep into a few things, uh, but what it doesn't have a ton of are examples, right? Of the types of analysis that are discussed. That was supposed to be in a teacher's edition that never got published, right? So when you're looking to consume the e-commerce analytics book that I wrote, if you're going at it from like a pure math, you know, I wanna learn exactly how to do this type of stuff, it's not something that I would recommend. Like you can reach out to me and I'd be happy to share some other stuff related to how to do some of the analyses in the book. But um, it's more uh, descriptive and uh, more of a reference book that you know covers a wide uh, array of topics that are relevant to e-commerce. Um, you know, from some really detailed discussions about you know data modeling right? Um, and how to think about it and understand it in the context of why it's important to you know, an e-commerce business, uh, if you want to go that deep, all the way up to uh, generalized discussions about you know, omni-channel and um, lifetime value and things like that. So knowing that, right, to answer your question, I do think you can boil it down to a, a few uh, you know, measures. Um, you know, revenue-based metrics are are always great, right? So, uh, you know, anything that derives off revenue, I'm always a big fan of, right? Uh, so it could be revenue per, you know, customer, uh, you know, customer profitability, um, customer lifetime value, um, you know, obviously conversion rate, however you define it uh, in terms of like purchase or shopping cart, you know, conversions are important. Looking at things like units per transaction, average order value, right? I mean, these are kind of the core that you have to understand. Um, you know, your channel effectiveness too, you know, paid media spend. Um, and if I had to boil it down to something that's a little bit more abstract and it's not going to be instantly available in Google Analytics is, you know, something as simple as looking at uh, what's the lifetime value of a customer and how much are you paying to acquire a customer? Right, and you want to always have a, a, a suitable ratio for your business. But when you look deeper, you know what causes lifetime value and you know cost of uh, customer acquisition. You know it's generally coming from 
uh, you know, marketing spend, right? So measuring those channels and then the effectiveness of moving from, you know, say acquisition, these acquisition channels through conversion uh, and then measuring, you know, are they buying and, you know, how much and, you know, how often and then what do they do after? Yeah, that's the big question, is it? But I want to just go back. I think you're, I think you're doing your book a disservice <laughs> in the <laughs> okay. description because I think yes, there, there's not the the stats and the maths necessarily in there, but I think actually where people struggle the most is in getting their head around how to approach the analytics and the data. Exactly. You know, it's the. It's the what should I be looking at? Why should I be looking at this? What do I need to think about when I'm looking at this? Because numbers are meaningless unless we know how to read them. And I think actually that's the bit which more people struggle with is how to read the numbers than actually, you know, putting a formula together to give them something or looking at a particular column. Because, you know, if you don't know why you need lifetime value or the different ways you could go about analyzing lifetime value, then it's actually, you know, the numbers are meaningless, aren't they? I agree. And that's why I wrote it in the way that I did. And, you know, when you look at the uh, other books that I've written, they've tended to focus on uh, the same type of audience, right? Where it 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 makes sense to understand uh, the space that you have to think in. And once you understand that space, you can drill into you know, the tactical details to do something. You know, another an, another reason why I agree with, you know, fundamentally what you're saying I don't mean to do my book a disservice by any means, is that, um, you know, the concepts uh, remain, but the underlying technologies, even the underlying approaches to performing different types of analysis change over time. And, you know, in this rapidly changing uh, sector of, you know, the economy, that changes, um, that change can be pretty dramatic. So, you know, what you say, you know, in a book, say, when I wrote Building a Digital Analytics Organization, it was like the first book about actually running big digital analytics organizations. Uh, that was like eight years ago I was writing that. If I gave more than just, um, you know, theory and the way it actually works and instruction, if I gave actual technical recommendations and ways to do things, it would be so dated and you would read it and, you know, just kind of reject it. The companies have changed. The approaches have changed. So... I agree. It's the exact same approach I take with with my books is, you know, anyone who's picking up e-commerce marketing expecting to find a click here, do this guide for how to send an email newsletter is going to be gravely disappointed. But anyone who wants to know what email or any of the other marketing methods could do for their business, where it fits in their business and how to do it, you know, how to approach it for the best chance of success is going to like it. And that's why, you know, the first edition of it was, there was nothing in it that was inaccurate five years after I wrote it. Correct. Because, you know, it gives that longevity, which means you know you're not, you know, I get to know I'm not giving someone bad advice. But I also know it helps hundreds of people to be able to approach things. And it saves rewriting every week, which would be really quite tedious. <laughs> yeah, it, it transcends time, you know, and the, the lessons are they're trying to be timeless or, you know, relevant to the person picking up e-commerce, you know, when it was, you know, the book was written a couple of years ago or, or today or in 10 years. I love the phrase transcends time. I'm so stealing that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
let's should we talk a bit about lifetime value because i think you know once people have got past yes i need to know how much money i've made the fact there was a conversion and where it came from you know the the basic almost kind of the first click mentality of we just allocate back to every marketing channel and then at least we've got some idea that step up to take to going towards the lifetime value piece is something i think people find very hard to get their heads around, not necessarily even to do the maths around. So for those who are trying to get to a customer lifetime value, have you got any kind of tips on how to make it easier to do? Yeah, it, and that's it's definitely not an easy uh, calculation to make. I think the the first thing that you know I, I like to tell people or I think to myself uh, is it's not uh, the total profitability of the customer at any one time, right? There's a customer profitability metric. If we think of like the value, it's the customer lifetime value is more of a predicted value of a customer at any point in time, what it will be worth in the their total lifetime. So, you know, there's a predictive element to it. I suppose if you don't make it predictive, then it just evolves too much over time, doesn't it? If you, you know, if you're, you're a year into your business, then your lifetime value and you base it on what you know as a fact, then you're not really allowing for a peak purchase, are you? Which is the whole point of lifetime value is being able to spend more on marketing because you know someone's going to buy multiple times from you in the future. Right. Lifetime value speaks to retention, right? And loyalty. And so, you know, it's not as easy of a calculus to make. Uh, you know, People can confuse adding up the total revenue of a customer and saying that's their lifetime value, right? That might be their total customer revenue or their customer profitability. Um, or that could be a proxy in, in the absence of being able to predict for lifetime value. But from a pure e-com perspective, at least in my opinion, right, it's a, it's a prediction. Uh, and how do you derive that? I think you have to look at in, uh, the business cycle, right? Like what's the business cycle? So, you know, that, that lifetime value is going to be for a customer is going to be different to a person, you know, GE or, you know, um, a KitchenAid selling refrigerators online, right? Think of how often you replace your refrigerator versus um, Stitch Fix, right? Yes. So, you know, what's a business cycle? I mean, so you have to make some assumptions, right, about your business in, you know, like any... Any good analyst, there's going to be some assumptions. It's not. It's not all going to derive from just you know brute hard numbers. So what's that cycle? And you know, have you gone through that cycle? And you know, as a result, are you you know to the point where you know the the person is at their lifetime with your product, or you know, you might be able to predict that somebody, you know, given they have a refrigerator for ten or fifteen years or five years, you know, given their age, how often do they repurchase? Right, you can start to derive. Uh, you know, by making assumptions about that purchasing life cycle. Uh, and if you have a lot of history, you know, um, you can do predictive analytics on it, right? So uh, fundamentally, you know, predicting the, uh, a, a single value, right, uh, is, is uh, regression. And there's lots of ways to do regression. So, you know, it, it's mathematically possible. The question is, how do you derive it? And so what I was trying to give us there was some space to think about customer lifetime value as a prediction and how it relates to the life cycle. I think you're one of the first people I've heard say about it being a predictive value and therefore you needing to make some, you know, valid assumptions or as, you know, well thought through assumptions, I suppose, about what goes into it. But 
You mentioned a couple of other stats there around kind of total profit per customer and revenue per customer, which is the what's actually happened stats. And I think that's what a lot of people listening are using as a customer lifetime value at the moment. And I suppose that there's a validity to doing that. It's better than not doing it. But if they really want to put the icing on the cake, they need to get into that predictive element. Would that be fair to say? I think that's fair to say. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's nothing wrong inherently with looking at, you know, current revenue-based metrics. I mean, of course, one should do that, right? And, you know, obviously, that, that, can, that can also form uh, a view on how much you should spend around customers, right? So, taking them into account together, um, it's very helpful. You know, also understanding recency and frequency, right, in the context of what has somebody spent now versus what they might spend in their lifetime. Um, where where do you start to remarket to them and recontact? I think it, it kind of speaks to uh, to what we've already said about around needing to understand the numbers you're actually dealing with, because it's certainly something I find an awful lot, lot of the time with customer lifetime value is one business's customer lifetime value is not another's, and if you really want to make right the right decisions, you need to understand how it's being calculated in the business you're working in. Whether there's a predictive element or not, how the costs are being allocated and so forth, because it's you know whether your your customer lifetime value is a profit of customer or a revenue per customer or a proper predictive lifetime value, they're complicated to work out, aren't they? So you've got to know what you're actually dealing with. Yeah, you do, and you have to ensure you have the right data collection and you know the right governance in place. Uh, which I know these are like lofty terms for small business owners, right? But the idea of, you know, are you collecting the data consistently and are you verifying that it's accurate over time? You know, um, that's obviously necessary to calculate any of these things correctly, which um, it may be another reason why people fall back on easier to calculate metrics, right? Um, I often find the, the ability to get the cost data element in can be a can be something of a nightmare, you know. When you're trying to pull in numbers from different budgets and allocate them correctly, you know, with maybe you, you're doing postal mailings or you're doing uh, Google ads or Facebook ads or email, you know, uh, retention fees or something, it's it's very hard to get to work out how to apply those correctly in the first place, and then to make sure that week in week out or month in month out or however you're doing it, someone's actually adding that data in because it usually can't be automated, is a real challenge for many businesses. Yeah. I think we're also talking about uh, the you know, how do you connect it all together, right? So, you know, there are technologies, um, and I, I guess we'll talk about them in the tips section later, uh, that you can use that can, you know, help you bring together, you know, your the data related to your store with your paid media channels and your advertising and things like that. Let's not wait to tell people about the tech later. Let's hit the tech now. So, so please do give us some recommendations. Uh, you know, I, I should have all these uh, vendors I'm about to name give me referral agreements. Right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, something that's very popular is Supermetrics, right? If you check out Supermetrics, they have, I think, 400,000 customers. Uh, and they allow you to bring your data um, in and out of the Google ecosystem, uh, you know, and, and uh, connect it to... Uh, a whole bunch of different uh, marketing and, and you know advertising technologies. I'm also a fan of like Funnel.io. So if we look at Funnel.io, uh, um, they allow you to connect to um, similar to Supermetrics. You know, a set of 
different data sources. Um, in this case, you know, many more um, advertising, you know, paid media sources, and then bring that transform and bring that data together. So you can, uh, you can look at it in one place. Um, so, you know, I think those are two, you know, quite interesting capabilities, right? Uh, that are, are pretty much no code and, you know, reasonably low technical uh, uh, hurdle, you know, softwares to use. Their software as a service, right? Do you do you rate um, Google Data Studio? You know, I'm I'm always been a big fan of Google. Uh, you know, when I was, it's interesting. In 19, I want to say it was 98. I was working at a, a software company named Sovereign Hill Software, good old Western Massachusetts in the United States, uh, and we were doing information retrieval. Nobody called it search back then, and we would index with this software like uh, Lotus Notes databases and file systems and PDFs and uh, websites. Um, and I remember the day that Google came out, all the engineers uh, came running into the office that I was in and sort of said, you got to check this out. And I remember Google replaced a technology uh, called Northern Light, which used to do this clustering, you know, cluster your results into folders based on a topic. And you could find results that way. And then Google became so relevant. So... I've been using Google, you know, since, I mean, literally the, the day it came out, uh, I've been a big fan. So, you know, knowing that, um, you know, Google Data Studio is free, right? And anything that's free um, is going to satisfy, a, you know, a, a level of use cases um, that a lot of people are going to have. Uh, but, you know, it, it doesn't do some stuff as easily as other data visualization, uh, you know, capabilities, right, that aren't free um, or may have, you know, some hidden costs once you get the free version. Uh, but, you know, anything that uh, Google does to uh, help make um, analytics easier and better, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, right? Um, obviously, I could take the other side and, you know, criticize it. Um, but I don't know how helpful that would be, right? I think it's a pretty, you know, awesome tool that people can use. And I've played around with it. Um, and it's different horses for different courses, right? You know, like I may or may not recommend that in a reference architecture, um, but I have. Yeah, I think that, I guess the, the key thing is that for people to know that there are tools out there which make it, hugely easier and time savers in order to bring data from different systems together and analyze it for you. But also that these tools, once you start using these tools, you start seeing data and you start seeing answers to questions and questions you need to ask a lot more easily than you do if you're trying to use the systems individually. Yeah. You know, the challenge I think with a visualization capability and what I mean by visualizations like data visualization, fancy way to say charts and graphs, right? you know, histograms and line charts and, you know, other more exotic types of visualizations that um, people have created over the last, you know, couple decades is you, you have to know, you know, how to communicate the meaning visually. And it's not necessarily something that humans inherently know how to do and are just going to be able to sit down and use instantly. Um, it's not the, the barriers to using it are, you know, that steep or you're not going to be able to get something out, you know, after 45 minutes or an hour. But the way to communicate information visually is 
you know, something you can study. And I've always been a big fan of uh, this this guy, this Dr. Abela. Uh, he has this site called extremepresentation.com. And he has this uh, graphic that explains how to think about uh, a business question you're asking um, in the context of visualization. So if you, you know, look for extreme presentation and it's like the data visualization chart, it'll come up and it's often like recreated by companies and not attributed to extreme presentation and, and, and Dr. Abela, but that's the root of it. And I, I always recommend if people are going to try to use something like data studio or Domo or Tableau or click or, you know, any of the, the myriad other visualization tools that are out there to check out uh, that extreme presentation site and understand that graphic and build your visualizations based on what you want to communicate as opposed to just, you know, going out there and, you know, doing some Kandinsky or Jackson Pollock or, you know, Picasso approach that makes sense to you, but maybe doesn't really communicate the information as well to everybody else. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. How are the leading D2C brands growing their businesses? They're using Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform chosen by over 30,000 global innovative online brands. Klaviyo believes in supporting growth, which is why they won't tie you into lengthy contracts, hidden setup or support fees, or feature-based pricing. With a platform that's both powerful and easy to use, it's no surprise so many brands have switched to Klaviyo. Looking for one more compelling reason? Brands switching to Klaviyo see an average of 62 times ROI on their investment. Ready to learn more? Visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash masterplan. With Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels, even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. So you can calculate the exact postage online, print from your PC, and avoid trips to the post office. Go to pb.com forward slash master plan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes. It's time for the Top Tips Round. So we ended the main part of the interview with a fantastic tip around improving our data visualization. And now, Judah, we're going to get some more top tips out of you. So okay. first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? You know, there's so many great books out there. Um, it's hard to recommend just one. But if I had to recommend just one uh on the business side, I would say like Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point, which uh, I think is very relevant uh, to, you know, uh, how uh, endemics and pandemics uh, become so. And it, that same concept of the tipping point uh, applies to lots of other uh, concepts in human society beyond outbreaks and pandemics. So I'd, I'd highly recommend uh, a very relevant 
The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. A classic, and I think probably the first time it's been recommended on here. So that's always good news. Um, the traffic top tip then, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? The best way to get traffic to your website, I think, is content, you know, content marketing. Uh, you know, picking a set of keywords that are associated with your, uh, what you're selling or, you know, the, the theme of your site and, you know, really building content around those keywords that you want to rate for. Um, whether, you know, we, we like it or not, uh, you know, search dominates, right? All the analytics that I've seen for so long, um, you know, point to, you know, search, either organic search or paid search as being just a huge driver. Uh, to websites. So, you, you know, in order to um, rank without having to pay through the, the tooth, you know, you've, you've certainly got to uh, do content marketing and, and build really relevant, rich, meaningful, you know, helpful content around your, your products and your brand. Uh, and I think that shines above anything else. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? You know, I'd love to be able to say like Slack, but I found myself like hard, slow to adopt Slack. You know, I know that's, um, that's probably heresy to say, uh, but, I, but I do use it. I just don't, you know, use it as fervently as I've been led to believe others use it. However, I have folks on my team who love it and they, you know, they use it with, with gusto. Uh, so I think Slack works for a lot of people. Um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm old school, but I tend to like, um, you know, text messaging, uh, you know, it's instant, uh, you know, people respond that way. Um, but if I had to pick like a, like a tool that I would use, you know, day to day in business, um, you know, I use LinkedIn a lot. Uh, you know, just to keep up to date on what people are thinking and to connect with new people. So I'm a big, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. You know, I was the 668,000th user or something. I got some thank you for being an early adopter from like Reed, Reed Hoffman or something when they went public. Um, so, you know, big fan of social networking. Um, but I'm also a big fan of just like calling people up, you know, and trying to meet with people in person. I think that that old school type of stuff goes a long way as well. Cool. Okay. The final one, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I would want to say brand is, is important, right? So how do you grow uh, your brand uh, and how do you get you know that, that share of voice for that share of wallet to the customers you're targeting? Um, at least, you know, I've had some experience in like apparel and fashion e-commerce uh, and even in, you know, like kind of electronics e-commerce and the power of brand, you know, is, is really strong. Uh, even if the product itself isn't, you know, the best, right? Uh, people uh, inherit meaning, you know, uh, and they associate, you know, meaning through brands. So I think building brands important. Right. And in, in one of the ways that I see, you know, fashion and apparel, e-commerce entrepreneurs being very successful is through social. Um, and, you know, maybe not everybody's cut to, you know, be a social maven and, and succeed through social. But it's uh, it's if you're not, it's an important piece to figure out when you're 
you're trying to build uh, a brand. Excellent. Well, Judah, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you, your books, your business, et cetera, across the web and social media, please? Yeah. So you can, uh, you know, follow or link in with me on LinkedIn. So I'm pretty easy to find Judah Phillips. Um, I, you know, I don't tweet that much, uh, but I am on Twitter at Judah, um, which, you know, I've had for a very long time, as you imagine, to get that handle. You can uh, email me. Right, it's my first and last name at Gmail, so that's like the easiest way to reach me. Uh, or if you're inclined to learn more about machine learning and data science, you can reach out to me at um, Squark uh, Judah uh, at SquarkAI.com. Um, or otherwise, you know, just shout me down at an event you see me at, or um, or find another way. And I'm very happy to talk to anybody and mention that uh, you heard me on the on your podcast. That would be really fun to meet a listener. Cool. That would be really fun. So, um, Judah, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you about analytics and talking about how some of the better ways to approach it all. And you've given us lots of great tool tip ideas as well. So thank you so much. Well, thanks, Chloe. It was awesome to be on. Have a great day. Okay, so two big takeaways from our chat with Judah there. First off, if you're not yet using data visualization tools, then I do strongly recommend going and having a go with them because not only do they make it easier to see your data, they also do an awful lot of the heavy lifting for you, pulling in data from multiple sources, automatically formatting it into the reports you want to see. It will drastically reduce the time you spend pulling reports together. Um, I'm a recent convert. And I have to say, I absolutely love it. Uh, The second thing is then to consider what you're actually using as your lifetime value. And should it be a predictive model, as uh, Judah was talking about, or is it sufficient for you to use one that's based on the data you've got rather than predictions, such as a total revenue per customer or a profit per customer? And depending on which one of those you're doing, are you sure you're calculating it in the right way? And week in, week out, day in, day out, month in, month out, are you getting all the right data there to enable you to have those accurate figures? You can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links, and details of all the related episodes. Head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And if you're listening via Apple Podcast or iTunes, please do give us some feedback via their review app. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.